Money FM 89.3, the best of Saturday mornings. International News Review. Good morning and welcome back to the show. Joining us now, Steve Oaken in our International News Review. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, GVZ. Good morning, Neil. And happy birthday, LKY. It is the 100th anniversary today of Lee Kuan Yew's birthday. So, yep, happy birthday. Did did either of you guys ever meet him? I passed him once. That was it. In this building, I passed him. That was it. Yep, I met him at the 50th anniversary of the Singapore Correspondence Club back in the early, mid-2000s. You know, I got to go to three events with him, and one was on the 20th anniversary of uh, Singapore-China relations. And so, huge event, big, it was in the Shangri-La, big ballroom. Um, he was doing a moderated discussion with Tommy Ko and, you know, former U.S. ambassador to Singapore, amongst other positions. And so, you know, Tommy asked him some questions, and then they opened it up to the to the floor for, for questions. And so they had two planted ones. Now, they weren't softballs, but they were, we're going to call on you first, we're going to call on you second. And then Tommy says, anyone else want to ask a question? Now, I always ask questions when I go to these events, but I'm like, I'm not going to ask one here because I'm going to let you know Singaporeans be able to have this opportunity. No one raised their hand. <laughs> a room of, I mean, 500 people, no one raised their hand. So I raise my hand, I stand up, I'm maybe about 30 feet away. From and this was when? How many years? Twenty. Ago? This was in 2010, 20th anniversary of the, the Singapore China. And so I stand up, and and Lee Kuan Yew looks at me, and he he goes to Tommy, he goes he goes, who is that? Do I know him? <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, what am I what am I gonna do? And so I asked the question, which of course was where U.S. fits in on Singapore China, and and uh, and he gave of course a, a like tremendous kind of a answer, soft, softball question, but, but it was just I was like, wow, so in. <laughs> Intimidating. I mean, so impressive. Yeah. Uh, but what? It, I'll never forget that moment. How, how intimidated I felt. Well, he and the men, in, he and the men in white, did an amazing job of uh, of uh, putting together Singapore uh, after. Uh, partition (laughs) you know i I, and i just put the you know cna has the video up on their website and i put it up on on my linkedin that press conference he did when he announced the that singapore was was going to become independent i mean amazing to watch and amazing to think that what leader would show such raw emotion Mm. today Mm. i just it wouldn't i can't imagine any leader doing genuine emotion of course genuinely to his credit did not want that aired if you read up on it he had to be convinced by his people and the direct said no no you need to, you need you're reflecting the mood of the nation right now he didn't want them he saw it as a bit of weakness yep. or whatever yep. and to his credit he agreed and it was he in that moment he captured a human raw side that all singaporeans were going through mm. what's happened what's going to happen now we don't have the resources mm. are we going to survive it was a terrifying time mm. separation for singapore and look where we are now happy birthday lky uh, let's do move on gents uh, in libya we all know about the heavy rains they had which led to the the breaking of breaking down of two dams uh, near the ta- the city of derna a city of about 100,000 people uh, we are now at over 11,000 uh, suspected fatalities from that when the water just rushed down through the town, took out buildings and everything else, and then and rushed out to sea. Uh, Steve, take us through what, uh, what you've been reading on this. Well, I, obviously, this is uh, the, the worst tragedy we've had, uh, and it's in a global problem of this type of, of rainfall and flooding. Brazil, Hong Kong, Japan, Greece, United States, and now Libya. And so you have to ask yourself, why is this happening globally? And the, the common factor is because 
the ocean's temperatures are higher than they've ever been. And when you have that much heat in the ocean, it adds to the moisture. And so the storms become worse. And then it becomes a, I think I read the word mythic tragedy in Libya because of the lack of infrastructure, the terrible governance that is there. Mm. And that while the dams shouldn't, should have been reinforced decades ago this was not an unknown problem um they weren't no warnings were given they should have been and so what happens in a country like libya unlike hong kong which has a good governance system when it comes to infrastructure is you get deaths in the thousands that were preventable but of course what the lesson is is as governments, you better get ready for this. You're going to have to really work on your infrastructure and you're going to have to work on your, your, your warning systems and evacuations because we have to adapt to this new world of, of, a, of a climate crisis. You pinpointed it really well there, Steve. Just in the last two weeks, in September alone, Libya, you mentioned, Brazil, you mentioned, China and Hong Kong, highest rainfall since records began 140 years ago in Hong Kong. Uh, Shenzhen, China, you mentioned, highest records there since 1952. Belgium, Belgium experienced its first ever heat wave in September. And as we sit here right now, Melbourne has summer temperatures in the middle of winter. A bit bleak, maybe, for Saturday morning, but are we sleepwalking into a climate catastrophe? No, I mean, we're there. And, and if, you, if you're going to talk about... I don't about, think we're sleepwalking. I think not, we're awake. <laughs> we're awake and... I'm walking and, right into it. Yeah, exactly. Right? And, and so now we have to do two things simultaneously. One is, how do we stop emitting carbon? So what are we going to do going forward? But then how are we going to adapt to this new reality. Um, and now governments are going to have a much different job now. I mean, what happened in Maui, if, if we'll give them the benefit of the doubt, where the authority said, you know, we're not going to put out the sirens because normally in Maui, you put out the sirens, it's a tsunami's coming. And so the people are going to rush towards the, the fire. So they decided to give no warning. And then you get you know, hundreds of deaths in Maui and, you know, billions, I think, in property damage. So you have to rethink your entire warning system as a government now when it comes to adapting to this new crisis that we are facing. Just a brief follow up on that. I hear this all the time now. The two biggest existential threats that mankind faces right now, climate change and AI. But if you look at the US and if you look at the UK and other countries that have three, four, five year election cycles, it's still bread and butter issues, day to day issues. No one's going to go up on a platform and talk extensively about AI or climate change. Are we doing enough about hey, they, either? Neil, come on. They had a meeting in Washington oh, on well, AI. I, I, OK, we're, we're done then. It's, it's <laughs> settled. On. It's settled. It's sorted. You had Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberger in the same room. Now, they're on other sides of the same room so that no cage fight could break out yeah. accidentally. Uh, <laughs> but yes, of course, we're having meetings. It's, and we're having a meeting in, in Abu Dhabi coming up. So, yeah, there's things uh, there that are go. being done. Okay, I, so I feel, there's meetings. I feel happening. reassured now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We can all rest easy. All right. Let's talk about the bromance uh, between Vladimir and Jong-un. Kim Jong-un, Vladimir Putin, meeting today in uh, the Soviet Far East. Uh, not today, uh, this past week in the Soviet Far East. Apparently, it looks like they, uh, the thoughts are it's going to mean possible weapons development programs between the two, sharing of ammunition uh, with uh, Russia. It, this is a weird one that I know a lot of countries are worried about uh, watch and watching closely. 
and rightfully worried about it because it, what does what does Russia need right now in its in its war um, in in criminal actions against Ukraine is it needs ammunition. It's running out of ammunition and it can't get it from basically anywhere else because of of sanctions or the threat of sanctions. I mean, China's not giving uh, the munitions that Russia wants. Others aren't giving the munitions that Russia wants. So it's going to go get them from North Korea, even though these are probably the worst type of munitions and that they have, you know, fail rates. You still got to get something as opposed to nothing. So Russia can prolong the war against Ukraine. And hopefully that will sap in what not hopefully what Putin hopes would happen is that that saps the West continuing to fund Ukraine and that he can then um, keep his upper position. And what is it that Kim needs? Kim needs the missile technology that the Russians have to put his nukes on top of that to be able to threaten the United States and others. So you have a real worst case scenario here where this impacts Ukraine in a very negative way, and then it causes other countries in North Asia, in particular Japan, Korea, to have to defend against the North Koreans, which then brings China into it. So there's a parade of horribles that you can see coming out of this meeting. Yeah, the White House National Security Council spokesman John Kirby. Very strong words, Steve. If the countries decide to move forward with an arms deal, he said, the U.S. will, quote, deal with it appropriately. What does that mean? Well, that question, what can the U.S. do that it hasn't already been doing in terms of sanctions? Mm. Um, Maybe it will then up Hopefully, the support that Ukraine is getting, the U.S. has been giving a lot to Ukraine in terms of money, in terms of weapons, um, not everything that Ukraine wants. Maybe it will give more in terms of the fighter pilots and, and fighter jets. But what is happening is that you've got Republicans in particular questioning the U.S. commitment to Ukraine. You've got Donald Trump, you know, the front runner who will probably stop all of this aid to Ukraine. So it's really serious as to what the U.S. can do if Russia gets this type of ammunition to keep the war going. All right. uh, This week, the um, impeachment investigation uh, began against uh, current President Uh, Biden, uh, Kevin McCarthy, the Speaker of the House, uh, pushing for that effort when he had previously said he probably would not do that. This has been controversial. Obviously, Democrats don't feel it's the right thing to do, but many Republicans as well are saying this isn't the right time to be doing this. We have other things, other things on the agenda, like the U.S. budget, etc. Where do we stand right now on forward motion or forward movement on this investigation prior to a possible impeachment happening? Well, the, the the Republicans are in disarray because you've got a very small wing of the Republican Party, the 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 extreme wing, the the MAGA wing of the Republican Party, roughly twenty of the House Republicans can cost Speaker McCarthy his job at any moment. That was the deal that was struck when for McCarthy to become Speaker. So they have to give in to all of his whims. President, the former president, Donald Trump, has said that he needs to have this impeachment going against Biden because then in the election they'll just say, oh, well, it's, you know, you know, yeah, you've got this investigation against Trump. You've got this investigation against Biden. It muddies everything up. So it's all about politics. It's about Trump. It's about McCarthy trying to stay as speaker. And what's going to happen? Well, history will say this will backfire against the Republicans because there's no 
foundation for this impeachment right now. They have not been able to make the case, which is why they're not taking this to an impeachment vote. And if the government shuts down, which I'm sure we'll be talking about next week, as the U.S. government will be on the precipice of shutting down, the country is going to ask, why are you doing all of this stuff on impeachment that doesn't really matter? We know he's not going to ever get convicted, and you can't keep the government open. And so it's just an indication of how dysfunctional the Republican Party is right now when 20 give or take Republicans can dictate what to do whatever they want. And that's what it looks like from the outside looking in. I was looking at some of these allegations, right? So if I've understood it correctly, Republicans accusing Biden of profiting from his son's business dealings while serving as vice president between 2009 and 2017. Even reading it, it seems in the past, very tenuous, doesn't look like it'll stick. Not when you consider the much more serious allegations being leveled at Donald Trump right now. So how serious is this really for, for Biden and Steve, you know, I've also understood that that under in Trump's administration, they had looked at at these many of these yes. issues and decided that there wasn't enough evidence to go forward with any kind of prosecution or or impeachment. So, th- like many of these things, it's my understanding have already been debunked. Many times. So how serious is it? It's been going on for five years, this investigation. What they say is there is a culture of corruption that Hunter Biden used the influence, used his father's name to make money. Well, who in Washington hasn't been doing that in, in some regards, which is not to say that it is right. And you look at Trump and what they've been doing with that name and that right. family. So the, the the culture that exists, no one wants to really, no one wants to defend, and no one should defend. The question is, did anything illegal occur? They haven't found that Hunter Biden did anything illegal when it comes to this. There's a criminal case against Hunter Biden for being on drugs and buying a gun, which is a totally separate issue that is going to, of course, still impact the president as a father. But here you have five years. They haven't found anything, but they are now going to have an inquiry into impeachment to see what more they can find. It's all about politics and and the Republic and certain Republicans think it's in their interest. Most Republicans do not think it's in their interest. And it's just going to be a a another dumpster fire that we need to deal with. Including Mitch McConnell and other senior leaders of the Republican Party that feel that this is just it's not going to go anywhere. So why are they even bothering with it? And that's I mean, and that's what the Republicans say is. The, the Mitch McConnells and others would say we have a very strong case upon which to run next year. We have we could talk about the economy. We could talk about inflation. We could talk about immigration. We could talk about crime. We should be talking about and the those budget. things and the budget. Right. No, no. Th- those are, these are the things we should be talking about in 2024. Oh, I see. We yeah. need to get the budget done. We don't need to be talking about what Hunter Biden did in in, you know, a decade ago, Give or take. And, and that's not where we should be focused. So this is going to then put all of this into play in the election, which Donald Trump thinks is in his favor overall because it just muddies up the water. But it will really hurt in especially those 18 House members who are Republican but 
represent Biden districts, represent districts that Biden won, because those people don't want to see Joe Biden get impeached. So there's just no strategy to this whatsoever other than Speaker McCarthy being able to say, what do I need to do to survive to the next day? And mm. we'll see. He's he's living day by day right now, especially if the government shuts down. Well, it doesn't seem to be sticking. It, it was leading the news for a day. It's already fallen way down the news agenda, four-fifth. It just doesn't seem to be sticking or resonating with the wider public. Would mm. that be fair? Yeah, I mean, but it, what again, it's not the wider public if you're taking the Donald you, Trump view. Yeah. Donald Trump is saying, let's get it out there that everybody is just, everything's been weaponized, everything is partisan, nothing counts. What they say about Biden, they say about me, so let's forget about all of this. And so, yeah, it yeah. doesn't matter with the wider public. The wider public does not believe that mm. Joe Biden has done anything wrong, mm. and let alone that there's any proof that he's done anything wrong. But who who cares about that? Because we just want to be able to talk about all of this stuff and not govern mm. and not do what's important. And and the like boy, we've had a really pleasant international news review between <laughs> between the climate crisis, a potential nuclear war coming up, and the absolute dysfunction well, we, in in Washington. Well, we did wish Lee Kuan Yew a happy birthday. We did. Well, let's wrap so up with it. something positive. You've heard about Sir Jackie Stewart. Are you meeting any sports stars over the weekend or any Formula One legends? I thought Sir Jackie Stewart just did commercial. I remember just that's what I, I always thought he was very famous for doing commercials when I was growing up in the United States. I didn't States. know that. I didn't know that. Oh, he pitched everything and he was very effective. So he was very famous in the U.S. So I would I would take a picture and I'd be like, I'm here with the guy from I think it was Motor Oil. He did Goodyear tires. He did anything, anything car related. I did not know that. What a great pitch man he was. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, guys. Uh, thanks so much, Steve. Um, big week. Uh, lots of stories to come up uh, and look at again next weekend. We will see you then. See you next week. All right. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.